Right, of course. And James, you mentioned the glam tents, and uh, which leads me to say, of course, that you can come up here and stay um, at accommodation as well as interacting with the koalas. Um, what, which is a good educational lesson in itself, I guess. What is the plight of the koalas at the moment? Why, why does the sanctuary take on extra importance in view of what's happened recently to the koala population around not only New South Wales, I guess, James, but Australia? Greg, as we're aware, uh, you know, governments and certainly state governments are very conscious with regards to the environments in which koala and its populations are really having to, in many ways, collide with um, whether that's, you know, growing uh, um, residential and commercial sites into, you know, koala habitat um, and the alike. And a lot of government um, uh, research has been undertaken and here in New South Wales uh, the recent report indicated that if we were not doing enough that koala would not be uh, in the wild by 2050 and of course so it's incumbent upon us all uh, at all levels regardless of whether it's government or indeed you know um, we the people uh, to ensure that we do whatever we can to ensure long-term survivability of koala in the wild. And do you think, James, well said, do you think that um, obviously this has to be an ongoing educational thing for the general population too, what do you think is the state of awareness about the situation at the moment with people? Look, here at the sanctuary, we like to say that a visit to the sanctuary is really uh, conservation via education. Um, and we're very conscious that we wish everyone who visits the sanctuary to leave with just a little bit of extra knowledge that's going to uh, ensure that if they come across koala in the wild that they may be able to understand what they might need to be doing. Now whether or not that that is, as I said earlier, they were building within koala habitat and, and ensuring that when you know their backyards become um, a place that if koala come down out of a tree into that they can get back out of. And so, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, or understanding just some simple techniques that we show people here or educate people here about when you're building um, to ensure that there is, uh, you know, mechanisms for koala to get out of your swimming pool or over your fencing and those sorts of things. And of course, it's the use of today. It's uh, the next generation which we seek to really ensure that we educate because Mm. it is really going to be falling on squarely on their shoulders about just whether or not that this little guy continues to live in the wild or you may only ever be able to see him in a facility like this or in a zoo or other wildlife facilities. Of course, that's, um, that's something that we work passionately uh, every day to ensure that um, you know, future generations will have an opportunity to see koala, Australia's most iconic marsupial, may I say, uh, in the wild uh, where they should be. Yes, and of course, um, that's, that's well explained too, James, and I guess here we are sitting at the, the Fat Possum Cafe. We're having a lovely coffee together. And I guess stress is the last thing that you would think of in this situation. But of course, you did mention that koalas can be vulnerable to two stressful situations. And we saw that recently, of course, exemplified with the bushfires. Correct. And again, um, there are many factors that impact on koala population and indeed our environment and certainly the changes in our climate um, are having what you would assu- what you would observe is a fairly... Um, um, 
strong impact in uh, in koala population. We know these little guys sleep 20, 22 hours a day. Uh, in the event of bushfires, they tend to do one thing and that's go high up into the trees. And of course, so does fire. Uh, they can't outrun it. Uh, the likelihood is, is, you know, bushfire going through koala habitat, there's going to be a fairly significant mortality um, outcome of that. Um, so many influencing factors. Um, environmental uh, that uh, continue to impact on the plight of, uh, of koala today. Mm. James, your role here, uh, look, a lot of people would, would think this is, you know, uh, well, it, it must leave you with a good feeling knowing that you and the team here are contributing to the survival and the growth of the regeneration of, of this iconic animal. Most definitely, and the team are, are a combination of some very passionate individuals, and and uh, and certainly wear you know their hand on their heart uh, every day with regards to again, like I say, being able to welcome our guests, educate our guests, provide conservation uh, information, so that again, everyone who uh, who comes to the sanctuary leaves just knowing a little bit more about what they should be doing to ensure long-term survivability of koala in the wild. Mm. Now. James, of course, um, the last Post magazine is, has come here to, to see you, to have a chat, of course, to, to, to get this news out to the Australian people. But also, of course, we've come up here to adopt a koala. You've got a couple of things going on. We, of course, we just spoke earlier before, before we went on air about um, the Koala Crusader, um, which to me is, and I, the listeners will hear a lot more about this in just a moment, but you've got a couple of things. You've got adopt a koala, and you've got the Koala Crusader. Can you tell listeners and readers about that? The adoption of a koala is a really great way of being able to uh, really connect with um, uh, what the activities of the Port Stephens Koala Hospital uh, is, uh, is really undertaking. And um, the adoption of a koala really gives you that opportunity to be able to um, provide a financial uh, investment in uh, the ongoing quality care that uh, your adopted koala enjoys every day uh, as, um, as he uh, lives his day here at the um, Sanctuary Skywalk uh, and viewing platform um, and gets tended by you know, the hundreds of different volunteers that we have that come to the Sanctuary to really provide world-class care. Lovely staff here too, lovely staff James. We also offer, uh, for this year, 2023, we've created, as you mentioned, um, a wonderful program for you to become a Port Stephens Koala Crusader. Right, tell uh, us about that, yeah. And the Koala Crusader is really uh, uh, an opportunity for you to be able to become quite invested um, and have a sense of purpose about a role that you can play in ensuring that koala uh, are sustained yep. in the wild for years to come. And being a Port Stephens Koala Crusader really just allows you to be able to ensure that whenever you're out and about, um, you're in, uh, educating uh, and informing friends, family and, and uh, colleagues of just again, you know, what's uh, occurring in the, uh, the plight of koala space. 
we wrapped a lovely little program around becoming a Port Stephens Koala Crusader where you get an annual pass that allows you to visit 365 days of the year, uh, provides uh, a range of direct financial contributions mm -hmm. back to the hospital. You've got a lot of lovely things here in front of me on the table too, James. Um, it's a real, real little package, so continue. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. So you, you get a wonderful gift box which includes, like I say, the annual pass um, and also too uh, a pledge certificate because we know you, Greg Ross, uh, as a koala crusader for the Port Stephens Koala Sanctuary, you do pledge to educate and encourage all to better understand the plight facing koala today and to do whatever you can to ensure their long-term survivability in the wild. Sign me up for that, James. Indeed, sir. <laughs> and listen, big, yeah, you, uh, the Koala Crusader, you also get some wonderful uh, bumper stickers and uh, baseball caps, riding pens, and even a little lapel pin uh, that you cute, can that one. Yeah, yeah. wear with pride, that's for sure. Yeah. But... Greg, wait, there's more, because as a Koala Crusader, you get some wonderful perks when you actually do come to the sanctuary. Right. Uh, you get discounts off the food and uh, retail that we have here, and if you do want to stay overnight in a deluxe glamping tent, you'll even get discounts uh, off that as wow. well. So a, a wonderful range of perks. So there's a whole uh, lot of stuff here too, isn't it? You've got... Um and of course you said that 10% discount off the accommodation, which is lovely too, by the way. And you can hear the birds in the background, James. It's such a, you must be blessed, feel blessed to be working in this environment. We, we certainly uh, appreciate that the, uh, the space we have here is very unique. Uh, and it is something that gets us up out of bed every day to be able to come and enjoy. That's it's it's sure. not really a job, is it? <laughs> it is not, sir. No, that is for sure. That's right. Well, I'd encourage, and of course, the Last Post magazine encourages people to get involved with um, the koala, um, Port Stephens Koala Sanctuary. And of course, also, as James mentioned, uh, adopt a koala or become um, a koala crusader. How do people go about that, James? Greg, nice and easy. Visit www.portstephenskoalasanctuary.com.au for all the details. It's so simple and as simple as coming up here to the Fat Possum Cafe and having lovely coffee. Thank you so much for your time, James. Mate, we can't thank the uh, last post enough for uh, your ongoing support. Um, it's a pleasure and we will... Uh, yeah.